If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk, and I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com, slash Todd Huff Show. For those of you who want to well, watch the program live or on demand, as long as our friends at Facebook allow that to be the case, my patented thumbs up to those of you watching on the Facebook cam. Today we're going to talk a little about coronavirus. We're going to talk a little bit about South Carolina. We've got some things with Trump in the courts. don't know if you've seen this yet, something that I hope to get to a little bit later. LeBron James for president. <laughs> we'll we'll talk, talk about that uh, and some other things I'd like to get to as well. But I want to start here with coronavirus, the coronavirus, which, uh, of course, Trump spoke about last evening, six, it was supposed to be at six, I think it ended up being closer to 6.30 p.m. Eastern. I'm watching some of the, uh, and on the muted mode, and we do, Oz has made sure I've got the television in mute this morning. Thank you, Oz, for that. But Trump is uh, announcing his plans, his actions that he's taking on coronavirus. I think it's important. The first thing we do is to think about think about this from the president's uh, perspective. I mean, we, we've got this this coronavirus, which is spreading spreading to countries around the world, which has infected what is it sixty, maybe now sixty one, because yesterday or last night it was reported that someone in California has contracted the coronavirus with no known contact or association with China, raising all sorts of questions about how in the world that happened. Um, So they're trying to get an answer for that. That's the first case of that that we've seen so uh, so far in this process. But Trump's up here trying to alleviate concerns regarding the coronavirus. Trump's up here trying to do um, you know, the, the government has a responsibility in this, right? This is something that the government uh, should be involved in trying to trying to prevent. Of course, there's some back and forth about how much money. There's already some uh, some political uh, this being made political and so forth. Um, so there's all that stuff to get through. You know, it's interesting. Trump goes and makes this announcement. 
Um, and some folks are, of course, saying he's not asking for enough money. Um, he's downplaying the CDC. The CDC says that <clears throat> spread to the United States is inevitable. Trump's out there saying nothing. Nothing is inevitable. And then, of course, this is uh, portrayed as Trump at war with his own CDC. Trump probably being anti-science. Of course, of course, things are. Nothing is. Um, nothing is unavoidable. But I mean, the we have to take note here that what we're facing is something that is that is in fact spreading. That's spreading beyond the point of folks' abilities to keep it from spreading further, as we've seen the rise in the number of cases, especially outside of outside of China. So anyway, put yourself in, in Trump's shoes. You don't want to you don't want to come out and make some you know dire uh, emergency warning. Then they would accuse you. They would accuse you of all sorts of things. I was watching what's that show at lunchtime, noon on Fox. Outnumbered. Uh, there it is. Outnumbered at Fox. I flipped that on for five minutes. They were talking about coronavirus. Someone on there made the observation. Maybe Melissa Francis. That if Trump overplayed this, dramatically uh, talked about coronavirus and uh, created fears in Americans, Trump would be accused of trying to suppress the vote on Super Tuesday or, or even on in South Carolina this, this weekend on Saturday by scaring people to not go out and, of course, being a danger to our democracy by trying to frighten folks into not voting – because of some fears of a virus they're probably at this particular point in no danger of, of catching. So it's, in some sense, it's a, it's a lose-lose scenario for the president. But this is something that, of course, um, governments – there's a role here, right? A conservative says – conservative says not that we don't have any government, but that we have a government that does things that it's supposed to do, a limited government – that doesn't try to control every aspect of your life, instead tries to focus on those things, uh, the military, uh, general general overall peace and safety of Americans, and which would include which would include uh, worldwide threats, health threats like like coronavirus. So let's look briefly here. I know it's hard to talk about numbers over over radio, over podcast, but there are 82,000 confirmed cases, 82,524 so far confirmed cases of coronavirus. Most of those so far, the vast majority of those have taken place in China. Now, the second most, uh, the, the, the nation that has the next highest number of incidents or cases of this disease of coronavirus is South South Korea, which I saw this morning. Airlines are either cutting back on or completely suspending flights to South Korea so as to help uh, in the prevention of further spread outside of outside of South Korea. This might surprise you. And look, I don't want to be I think it's important. Number one, we look at this for what it is, we understand that there is a risk here, but we also don't make this inevitable um, to where this is some sort of apop- apoc- apocalyptic, if I can spit it out, um, 
disease or what have you. So China had 78,500 cases. They have had they have had that. That's been reported. That's another thing. That's what we know of. That's what's been been reported. So I'm certain as with anything else, we're dealing with people. So some people, you know, didn't uh, didn't get tested. Maybe didn't get treated, who knows? Um, it wasn't caught by medical professionals. So that number almost certainly has to be higher. But the number of reported cases, 78,514 in China, they had a total of 2,747 uh, 2, deaths, which puts the mortality rate. So I'm going to calculate this on the spot here. I, it doesn't take me two hours to do math like it takes Bernie Sanders. So we take this 2747 divided, that's the number of, of deaths divided by 78,514, and we're left with a 3.5% mortality rate, which is incredibly high. The flu, by the way, which this has been compared to, this has been compared to in many, um, in, in certain conversations, even, even by the president, he at least mentions it, the... Uh, Mortality rate from flu is 0.1%, 0.1%. So this in China was almost three and a half, just a little bit shy of three and a half percent. But you get elsewhere, you get elsewhere. South Korea is the second, has the second most number of cases. There's been 13 deaths out of 1,766 confirmed cases. And suddenly you can see that the mortality rate in South Korea is 0.7%. Now that could be, look, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, a, a scientist. I'm not a medical professional or doctor. I just wanted to talk about this this morning since it's obviously something that's front and center on the minds of many Americans and many politicians, and there will be some politics being played from this, which we'll get into. So obviously the, the, the disease is just now kind of ramping up. Hopefully it doesn't spread dramatically in South Korea. There have been it's the second highest uh, has the second highest number of cases in the nation of South Korea reported. We don't know about North Korea, um, but anyway, the point is is that you know these this could just simply be that that the earlier in the process that that folks that will ultimately uh, um, fall uh, fall victim to this this disease uh, maybe they. Uh, they they are terminal, so to speak, but they haven't passed away. So there's numbers, there's factors affecting these numbers and so forth. But I wanted to get to the number three, the number th- the number three or the third place, uh, you know, the country, if you will, the place that has the third most number of coronavirus cases so far, after China at seventy eight thousand, which is clearly where almost all of them have happened. South Korea is second place with 1,766. Third place is actually a cruise ship. The cruise ship had 705 uh, cases, the Diamond Princess, and Italy's in fourth with 470. Now, again, I'm not trying to downplay this. I'm just simply pointing out that this uh, th- there's there's a lot of speculation. There's certainly reason to be concerned high mortality rate at the the Chinese again the the, the Chinese government's reporting a three and a half percent mortality rate or right at that from their post in numbers South Korea on the other hand is reporting a 0.7 percent mortality rate which is 
uh, obviously good in the sense to see that mortality rate decrease, but there could be reasons for that that we just don't we don't know yet, and that number may increase the longer that uh, the disease has had a chance to work in, say, South South Korea. But it's important to point out that the the third uh, the, the the place with the third most number of reported cases is still a cruise ship. Is a cruise ship, so that's. That's important. I know that there might be some angst, some concern. And, and look, we should be precautious. We should be precautious in our efforts to keep even the flu from from spreading um, or whatever else might might be out there. But there's no need to panic. And that's and that's I think what we need to establish here. There's need there's reason to pay attention. There's reason to to be concerned. There's reasons to ask questions. There's reasons to take certain steps to prevent the spread, absolutely. There's reasons to look in to see if we can uh, – I know folks are looking to see if there is um, some sort of um, um, you know, way to prevent this or medical treatment, better, better treatment and so forth. That's all uh, justifiable. But the idea that um, you know, this – this these results can't continue to improve these numbers cannot continually be look better is is not it's not inevitable either but there's certainly absolutely reasons to be concerned here especially since we've as i pointed out off the top of the program there are uh there was a case in in northern california which i guess we can look at after the break that folks don't know how this individual contracted coronavirus because normally there's a connection back to to China either they went there someone that they encountered or would have uh, you know had some sort of a physical encounter with would have been there this person so far they're telling us we don't know of anyone around them that would have come from that uh, highly infected area of Wuhan China so I want to take a break there's other things I want to get to about this and yes I'm even going to mention um, something that Senator Tom Cotton brought up during a couple of interviews and some tweets and so forth, questioning where this virus really came from, if there's reasons to look at other places besides just nature. Just want to at least mention that. I know, I know some folks are convinced that's what's happened. Other folks say there's no reason to... I uh, believe that what Cotton has said has any bearing, uh, any anything whatsoever to do with reality. So we'll talk about that and some other things with this virus, including the politics, the political fallout, and so forth. But I've got to take a break here. When we get back, we'll talk more about coronavirus. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. As I mentioned off the top, talking here about coronavirus, Trump yesterday, of course, talking, uh, having a press conference talking about the steps, the actions that he and the government were taking to prevent the spread of coronavirus, or at least to contain it or to make it, um, to do everything we can to prevent some widespread, widespread uh you know, infection across this this country. 
Um, and of course, he's put Mike Pence in charge of that. I've seen since that time, I've seen some references to Pence and uh, the Southern Indiana what uh, needle problem that we had re- regarding HIV/AIDS, which we might talk about as well. Folks say, "Why would you put this guy in charge? He doesn't even know how to." how to manage that with this this needle exchange program and so forth. Anyway, we may get back to that, but I want to finish talking here about coronavirus. So I mentioned off the top this morning or early in the first segment, last segment, new Northern California coronavirus case may be the first in U.S. from unknown origin. This is in at NBCBayArea.com. The California, California Department of Health said the individual – is from Solano County and is receiving medical care at UC Davis Medical Center. A new case of novel coronavirus in Northern California is suspected to be the first known incident of person-to-person transmission in the general public of the United States, officials said Wednesday. California officials said the person is a resident of Solano County, northeast of San Francisco, and is getting treatment, excuse me, getting medical care in Sacramento County. They said they have begun the process of tracking down people who the patient has been in contact with, a process known as contact tracing. The patient was brought to UC Davis Medical Center from another Northern California hospital on February 19th, but it was four days before the CDC heeded a request to test the patient for coronavirus, according to an email sent to employees Wednesday by the hospital's interim CEO, Brad Simmons, and David Labarsky, CEO of UC Davis Health. So basically, there's a case now where they're not entirely sure where this person contracted it, opening up the possibility now that there has been general transmission, not just because they were around someone that has been to an infected area like Wuhan, China, Instead, uh, this individual may have gotten it just from contacting the general population. So that's the first here, and that's that's something that, of course, would change the would change the way that this uh, disease would would spread. So, got to keep an, keep an eye on that. So we've got we've got this sort of development, I guess. We've got different developments with the coronavirus, but. We've also got some questions. Questions here. I'm looking at Business Insider. You you probably saw this a few days ago. I saw this too. I just we hadn't gotten to coronavirus on here. Um, this is dated February 17th at businessinsider.com. Headline of this. I'm reading the headline. It says a GOP senator keeps pushing a thoroughly debunked theory that the Wuhan coronavirus is a Leaked Chinese biological weapon gone wrong. That's Republican Senator Tom Cotton from the state of Arkansas. When he was being interviewed, I think it uh, was on Fox Fox News Sunday, one of the Fox programs. Uh, Cotton, Senator Cotton, basically uh, raised questions. He says, "Now, um, we he was talking about a particular lab that we know." is uh, used for research and so forth pertaining to biological warfare. Cotton said, now we don't 
have evidence that this disease originated there, but because of China's duplicity and dishonesty from the beginning, we need to at least ask the question. And the question being, did this? Uh, it's it's a <laughs> look. I understand there's there's a jump here. You don't want to make an accusation, but we should be asking questions like this. You know, this is something that's uh, you know has the the potential of causing problems for every nation in the world. Is this something that has simply spread through normal human activity uh, somewhere in the world, or maybe even it's maybe it's not activity we would consider normal, but something that's normal culturally to a particular region of the world, a particular nation, or is this something, is this something else? Um, and so Senator Tom Cotton, right, a senator, U.S. senator, is raising questions that maybe, maybe this coronavirus is actually something that came, whether intentionally or unintentionally, from a, a government research lab, Chinese biological weapons research lab in in Wuhan, China. Of course, folks then say you can't make these sorts of accusations. What I've seen him say isn't an accusation, it's a question. And you ought to be able to ask questions, um, especially when you look at the number of people infected in Wuhan. I mean, we know that this thing started in Wuhan, and maybe there's a perfect legitimate explanation. I've seen scientists that say, look, we've looked at this virus, there is no reason to believe that it's, uh, you know, what the what com- what made this virus is is something synthetic. Anything outside of of nature, this is uh, not a synthetic or man made uh, man made virus. There's others who say that there's really no evidence to suggest that it is. Which you know, again, there's a difference as he points out between between making a uh, a hypothesis and then developing a theory. So anyway, we've got this stuff going on, and then some folks are convinced that this is, in fact, what has happened. Maybe you have that persuasion. Maybe you're, you wonder this. These are questions that um, can be asked. Now, whether, <laughs> you know, well, how that's done is important as well. We don't want to, you don't want to go about, I guess, uh, making accusations against a foreign government, especially one like China. You don't want to make that that statement. But asking the question is at least, I think, even responsible in a sense. Maybe maybe you could say he shouldn't do it on television. Okay, that's, that's something worth considering. But um, maybe this is at least something we should be, be looking into. So it sounds like again, there's there's differences of, of, of opinion here, but some folks say there's no way, there's no indication that this thing was created at all by man. There's another group, another series of folks that aren't prepared to make that statement. Instead, they say they say that this is uh, there's no evidence to suggest it. Which again, we're still on the the front side of this. So you got that factored in. So there's politics, right? Politics that are affecting this this disease. I've seen people who have allegedly, from what I'm reading, gotten suspended from Twitter for making uh, for, for making these allegations. And some folks are out there making the allegation, right? There's some folks who are, I guess, asking the question. There's other folks who are downright saying this is, in fact, what the Chinese government has done. And so, but again, a sitting U.S. senator 
is the one who's who's asking this, which certainly makes things different than if it's um, you know some some guy in the basement of his home at 3 a.m. making these these claims. We've got a sitting U.S. senator that's at least asking these questions. So anyway, politics uh, doesn't stop just because there's a virus um, that's affecting different parts of the world, even even Americans. So we will. Uh, talk about some other aspects of the politics of this when we get back, but I've got to take a time out. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, Coronavirus, we've gone through <clears throat> some of the, I guess, uh, the numbers, some of the the data that we know. We've looked at some of the questions that have been raised about coronavirus, even up to and including. Last segment, we talked about Senator Tom Cotton uh, raising questions or at least asking the question if there's anything to uh, – you know, to this, to the idea that maybe there's some sort of a um, Chinese government, I don't know, research facility. Look, I'm not. Please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that that is that is what's happened here. I'm saying that at this point, it's it's fair questions. Any any time I see the response, it's it's kind of like Joe Biden, uh, Joe and Hunter Biden with with the whole Ukraine thing. Anytime, if someone raises a question, hey, for example, hey, why was Hunter Biden getting paid bazillions of dollars by a Ukrainian oil company when he knew nothing about it as his dad was was vice president of the United States and his dad was actually out there talking about the very company, albeit somewhat indirectly. But nonetheless, when he said, I'm going to, I basically demanded that they fired that blankety blank. That prosecutor looking into the company that Biden was working at, Hunter Biden, his son, and someone asked the question, hey, I wonder if there's anything to this. Just seems, you know, we didn't go looking for this. This is kind of all the, the circumstances just kind of pointed to this as something that we should probably have a question about. Anytime I see a response like, oh, that's been thoroughly debunked. Okay, well, how has it been debunked, right? What is, what is the evidence? What are the charges? What are the allegations? What are the questions? And then what are the answers? Because there may very well be answers in cases like this. I'm not suggesting there are in the, in the Biden case. But there, look, there's questions and then there's, there's answers, responses, and so forth. It's not, well, no one seriously thinks that that's the case. That, that doesn't suffice as, as an answer, same thing here with this. I mean, I I will listen to the the scientists who say, "Look, we've looked at the <clears throat> how this virus is, you know, what's how it's built, the pieces of this virus." I'm okay with looking at that and saying, "Hey, this doesn't look this doesn't have any uh this doesn't look anything like what a biologically tested virus looks like in the lab." This looks like something that's a regular virus that we just are having to deal with that's, that's, that's been spreading uh, through natural, so to speak, so to speak, causes. Okay, 
But don't just tell us that, oh, you, you know, you can't ask that question or why would you ask that? This has been thoroughly debunked. And then you're sitting there thinking, I thought the question was just asked. Why is it suddenly debunked? Why can't you just tell me? Maybe there's a simple answer. Okay. Anyway, again, there, there's there's another side of that to say that you know a senator needs to be careful that we don't create unnecessary uh, allegations. Or and I'm not saying Cotton did this, but that's the other side of this is to say, hey, you don't want to venture into a world where we've made allegations against a a foreign government. That would include potentially, worst case scenario, manufacturing this and releasing it intentionally. In the best case scenario, they were testing it and someone left the lab not thoroughly decontaminated and started the spread of this or whatever the case may be. And of course, it could have nothing to do with that. But anytime that there's this, I, I can't believe you'd ask that question. I had someone do that to me recently. I won't get into the details. You ask a question of somebody and they say, I, I can't even believe you'd ask me that. Well, um, based upon what just happened, there are some questions I have here. I can't believe it. if you don't if you think you have to ask me that question, they might retort. I, I you know, I, I don't even know. Uh, we don't have any business working together or whatever the case may be. Well, actually, uh, the question still stands. Um, I just there may be a simple answer, but there was an obvious issue that's arisen here the issue has caused me to to consider why and there's a glaringly obvious question that needs to be asked and there may be a very simple straightforward answer but uh, there very well may not be a straightforward straightforward answer anyway i never got one never got a response answering that particular particular question by the way anyhow anyhow so um, but this is this is where we are. So politics plays a role in this as well. Trump's out there accusing uh, Pelosi of playing politics. I can't get into that right now. I got to take a break here in a second. And Oz is amazed that I noticed beforehand that it's probably about time to take a break. It's definitely about time to take a break. So we'll talk about the politics of this. We'll talk about Trump's questioning of the of the Democrats and in particular Nancy Pelosi as he's trying to you know prevent wide scale spreading of this disease or technically even from uh, this disease even really making it to uh, the U.S. shores, if that's at all possible, which of course we're being told is is not possible. We now have some cases here in the United States, 60 or 61 now. Uh, But he's trying to prevent this from being something that spreads outside of that. And, um, you know, that's we should be able to get past politics on something like that. It was once said that politics – ends at the water's edge. We're, we're past that now. We're past that. We're into a new era where everything is political. As I've said before, what you eat, what you drink, what you drive. Apparently now, what virus you might contract, what virus you might contract is, of course, a fair game in politics as well. Seems to me like something we should be able to do the old uh, proverbial reaching across the aisle here to make sure that we minimize the impact of the coronavirus or at least be prepared for something that uh, is happening in other places around the world. But just easier said than done in this highly politicized world because, after all, uh, for some of these folks, politics is politics is the, the entire reason for existence. 
I made the comparison before that to some, politics is their religion, right? And for some, the political leaders are the closest thing they have to a God, which is why a conservative, a biblical uh, Christian conservative like myself would say, I don't need I don't need a savior. I've already got one. No thank you, federal government. No thank you, local government. No thank you, state government. We need competent leaders. We need good folks that are making good decisions, but they're staying within the Constitution. I don't need them to be to be my savior. I just need them to do their jobs. And I've got to take a break. Talk about the politics of this when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. Welcome back. Looking here at Fox News article. Trump says Pelosi trying to create, quote unquote, panic with coronavirus comments. President Trump accused House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Wednesday of trying to create a panic around the coronavirus outbreak outbreak after the California Democrat criticized the White House, uh, White House's emergency planning as, quote, inadequate. Trump called Pelosi incompetent and accused her of using the virus for a political reason during a press conference where he sought to minimize fears of the virus spreading and announced that Vice President Mike Pence will head up Washington's response to the outbreak. She's trying to create a panic, and there is no reason to panic, Trump said. All they are trying to get is is a political advantage, but this shouldn't be a political thing. So the president has requested $2.5 billion for coronavirus. Um, and, of course, there are other – I think Democrats are calling for up to yeah, – there we go, $8.5 billion. Schumer's plan calls for $8.5 billion um, for preparing for the coronavirus. And so there's some questions. And, look, there's some fair questions about – about this, some some questions about clarifying what the money is going to be used for. Um, that's important. Congress still has control of that, but you also have to give the president, the executive here. Forget that it's President Trump. The executive has to have some discretion and some ability to be somewhat uh, fluid in his or her ability to use the money to do what needs to be done to prevent the spread of this. But anyway, Schumer's asking for $8.5 billion. Trump's out there saying, why are we making this political? Everything's political. You ever, you ever stop and look? I know sometimes it's easy maybe not to even think about this, but just the, 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 amount, the amount of opposition that this guy has to deal with every day. And I'm, look, I'm not suggesting there should be no opposition. I think that leaders need to deal with a healthy amount of pressure in the sense of you know explaining their actions explaining what their policies are explaining how this will be a novel concept what they're doing is actually constitutional and so forth that's i think necessary that's a necessary tension in a constitutional republic however however we're way way past that i mean we're to the point that if the guy uh, you know he, he's he's criticized for no matter what he says or thinks. <laughs> we don't even know sometimes what he thinks, but we know he should be criticized for it. Just like with this impeachment, this whole impeachment thing, folks have been pursuing that for a long time. They think 
Trump needs impeached. We don't know why. We'll find a reason to impeach him, right? They were looking. They have been looking. They are still looking for a reason and an excuse to impeach the president yet again, looking for a crime that fits the punishment, right? I mean, normally we try to make the punishment fit the crime, not in today's political world. We try to find the crime, or excuse me, the, yeah, the crime that fits the punishment. We want someone to actually... We don't, but the the Democrats, the Democrat leadership certainly does. They want something to justify. There's an old adage that says the mind justifies what the heart desires, and the the heart of the Democrat Party desires that there not be a President Trump in the White House, and so whatever gets them to that end is acceptable. Their minds will will justify this. Trump's out there saying we shouldn't be making this about about politics this is this is something we should take seriously there's no reason to panic there's no reason to panic we're we're on top of this we've got the best people in the world working on this trump basically says we're better equipped at handling this sort of thing than china is Um, but there's still there's no reason to panic but there's reason to prepare and you know, if you're going to criticize the president, and of course you have that that right. I mean, you shouldn't. She shouldn't not be able to. But at the same time, if if the questions say that Tom Cotton asked about you know the the Chinese uh, government maybe be, being involved in this coronavirus, again, not saying that that's true or not. Just if if he if asking that question can create negative consequences, then certainly. Um saying that Trump's plan is inadequate can create those consequences, at least panic and so forth from from Americans who are worried about coronavirus spreading in their local communities and their schools and their businesses and their churches, right? Through their through their cities and towns. Anyway, but this is become everything is political. Everything. It really is. And it's it's unfortunate, but it's going to be this way until until one side wins, until hopefully until we can convince people that limited government and the foundational principles and values upon which this great nation once was built are in fact are in fact worth protecting. They are solid truth and bedrock that this is the closest way the the closest form of government and type of government that was established to properly um, allow people to live on this planet on this side of heaven as we were created to live and yes there's been problems and I'm not ignoring those but the problems have been from the people right the problems have been from the uh, some some of the beliefs and and some of the personal actions taken they're not it doesn't in any way, shape, manner, or form take away from the fundamental truths that our founders uh, put into put into writing, put into the foundation of this of this government. And so, until we can do that on a larger scale, we're going to continue to see more of this, more uh, everything being political, because everything is everything is political today. I've got to take a time out. When we get back, going to wrap up here in the first hour. I got some of the things I want to get to in the next hour as well. But sit tight. We'll be back here in just a minute.
Welcome back. So, talked about corona. We hadn't talked about coronavirus yet. We might have, I don't know, maybe in passing mentioned it once or twice. I don't even know that we've done that. But um, it is important. It does affect, obviously, um, our nation. It, how we address this is important. How we respond to these sorts of things are critically important. And so hopefully, um, hopefully this is uh, this has reached its peak and is on the downward, I guess downward trend. It is in China, but what it is outside of that, I it still remains to be seen. So there are some um, there are some things to be concerned with, but obviously there's no reason at this particular point to panic, and that needs to be avoided at all costs and Gee whiz, surely to heavens, the folks in D.C. can find a way to deal with this without making it political that may be pie in the sky dreaming here. But anyway, got to wrap up here for the first hour. Thanks for listening. SDG, see you in a minute. Take care.